Section 14 of the Cooey Reciter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Highland Brigade Buries Its Dead by Lieutenant Colonel W. T. Ray. By kind permission of the author. How am I to describe the sadly impressive scene at Modder River on the evening of the 13th of December? The sun has just set, and the period of twilight has commenced. The great heat of the day has passed, and although there is not a breath of wind, the air is cool and refreshing. The whole British camp at Modder River is astir. Not, however, with the always gay bustle of warlike preparations, not with a laughter and jest which, such strange creatures are we, almost invariably come from the lips of men who dress for the parade which precedes a plunge into battle. There is, this evening, a solemn hush over the camp, and the men move from their lines in irregular and noiseless parties, for the time their pipes put out of sight, and their minds charged with serious thought. To what is given this homage of silence, as the soldiers gather, and mechanically, without word of command, or even request of any kind, leave a roadway from the headquarters flag to a point a quarter of a mile away, where a dark mound of upraised earth breaks a monotonous flatness of the whitey-green veldt. For these are mere spectators, deeply interested, it is true, yet still only spectators. What then is afoot? Civilians, hats off, and attention everyone. The Highland Brigade is about to bury its dead. Stand here at the head of the lines of spectator soldiers, here where that significant mound is, here at the spot selected as a last resting place, and observe. The whole brigade, some of the regiments sadly attenuated, is on parade, and has formed funeral procession under Colonel Pole Carew. First come the pipers, and it is seen that they have, for the nonce, discarded their service kit, and are in the full dress of their several clans. Savage and shrill is the Byronic description of the Pibroch, which, in the noon of night, startled the joyous revellers before Waterloo. Now it is a low, deep wail, yet voluminous and weirdly euphonious, that comes from the music-makers of the highlands, and every heart stands still to listen. Oh, so sad it is! The flowers of the forest! He cometh forth like a flower, and is cut down. They are... Playing, shall I say? No. Rather does the music flow out from the very souls of the pipers in a succession of strangely harmonious moans, and soul calls to soul. Yet, beneath it all, beneath the dominant note of heart-bursting sorrow, lurks that other element, the savage and shrill. Yes, indeed. Soul calls to soul through these pipes calls for sobs and tears for the brave who have fallen, calls for vengeance on the yet unbeaten foe. The Highland Brigade is burying its dead. Following the pipers marches a small armed party. It would have been the firing party, but volleys are not fired over soldiers' graves in time of war. Then the chaplain, in his robes, preceding the corpse of General Walkhope, who had fallen at the head of his men, born on a stretcher. One of the bearers is of the dead man's kin, a promising young Highland officer. 
Then come the several regiments of the brigade, the black watch leading. The men march with arms reversed, stately, erect, stern, grim. They lift their feet high for the regulation step of the slow funeral march. But observe that even in their grim sternness, these men are quivering with an emotion which they cannot control, an emotion which passes out in magnetic waves from their ranks to those of their comrade spectators of England and Ireland, and brings tears to the eyes and choking sobs to the throats of the strong and the brave. Talk not of grief till thou hast seen the tears of warlike men. The Highland Brigade is burying its dead. In a separate grave, at the head of a long, shallow trench, the body of General Warcope is laid, in sight of, and facing the foe. The chaplain advances, and the solemn service for the dead is recited, in a clear and markedly scotched voice, while all bow their heads, and either listen or ponder. A grief-stricken kinsman's quivering hand drops earth upon the body at the words, Ashes to ashes, dust to dust and the grave of the general is quickly filled in. There, beside the trench, already lie the corpses of fifty officers and men. They had been carried to the burial place earlier in the day. There, at the end nearer to the general's grave, the officers are laid. Beside them, their comrades of minor rank in life, all brought to a worldly level by the hand of death, are placed in the trench. It is an excavation only about three feet deep, but it is twelve feet wide, and the dead men are put, feet to feet, in two parallel rows, twenty-five on each side. They are fully attired, just as they were brought in from the battlefield, and each is wrapped in his blanket. The sporran is turned over on to the dead face, and the kilt thrown back, the rigid limbs showing bare and scarred in the unfilled trench. The Highland Brigade is burying its dead. Once more the chaplain steps forward, and a new funeral service is commenced. Again great powerful men weep. Some grow faint, some pray, some curse. O oh God, O oh God, is the cry which comes from bursting hearts, as comrades are recognised, and soil is sprinkled over them by hard rough hands, which tremble now, as they never trembled in the face of a foe. Then the burial parties get to work, gently, as a sweet woman tucks the bedclothes round her sleeping child. The soft soil falls kindly upon the shreds of humanity beneath. Men cease to weep, and catch something of the rapture of repose, of which a poet has sung. Mother Earth has claimed her own, and the brave are sleeping their last sleep in her kindly embrace. Again the dirge of the pipes and the sweet strains of Lochaber no more fill the evening air. The Highland Brigade is burying its dead. Meanwhile the cable has carried its budget of sad messages to the old land. There, in a wee cottage by the bonny burn side, the bereaved mother bows her aged head and says, Thy will be done. There also, the heartbroken, once wife, newly made widow, pours out the anguish of her soul as she clasps her fatherless bairn to her warm bosom. Her man comes no more. For the Highland Brigade 
has buried its dead. End of section.